Blog Talk Radio. Hey, my friends, and welcome to Shadow Walker Radio. I am your host, Stephen Lancaster. And if Shadow Walker Radio sounds familiar, there probably is a good reason. Uh, if you've read any of my books that are rooted in paranormal investigating, there has been mention of paranormal radio shows. And Shadow Walker Radio was my baby. I started it back in 2007 on the Live Paranormal Network. Um, that's uh, operated by Rob still is to this day 10 years later and eventually that migrated to uh, monster vision tv and i kept shadow walker radio going on there and eventually it evolved into pararock tv where there was a video version of shadow walker radio and then i kind of called it quits for a while i was just uh i got tired of doing the radio thing i felt like i was repeating myself um, but anyways, I'm in the mood to bring it back, but I want to bring it back differently. I want to uh, basically make it an online journal of my paranormal thoughts and investigations and research and just everything that's going on in my life as far as the paranormal is concerned, um, whether that be TV shows or radio shows or new books and, of course, the investigations. Um, this is basically going to be off the cuff. I'm going to do an episode daily, uh, Monday through Friday, so you can expect new ramblings from me uh, every day. And uh, it's going to focus on you guys, basically. Uh, questions that come to me from you, uh, the people who read my books or have seen episodes I've done uh, on the internet or on TV or whatever, through Monster Vision TV or A&E or whatever. Um, I get a lot of questions through my Twitter account, my Facebook account, and I usually address them, and, and I thought, you know, why not just bring the radio show back? Why not just bring Shadow Walker Radio back? So, here we are. It is Wednesday, August 16th, and uh, I got up this morning. I'm actually a guest on a radio show later today, and it just made me start to miss it. It made me miss that uh, outlet to talk to you guys, and uh, you you know, you guys make me think, 
You know, just because I have an opinion on something or just because I documented it in a book doesn't make it right. Um, so it's always good to hear other people's opinions. So with that being said, um, if you guys have read my books or if you've seen anything that I've done or you just have questions in general about the paranormal, um, hit me up. Hit me up at facebook.com slash author Stephen Lancaster. And that's Stephen spelled with a P-H. Or twitter.com slash Wraith right and that's wraith right w-r-a-i-t-h w-r-i-t-e wraith right um i get most of my questions through facebook but it doesn't matter i check both of those accounts daily but today you know i was sitting here i was thinking i i get emails all the time from people um hey man you need to investigate this place or have you investigated this place and most of the time when people ask me if i've investigated a location it's some commercial location that everybody knows about you know, like those asylums and mental hospitals or battleships or, or whatever. And, and you know, I, I'm i not going to slam those locations, but they're just not for me. I don't really care for commercial locations where hundreds and hundreds of people have been through it. It's, uh, it, it taints the research. It's all subjective at that point. And, you know, if you have to pay to investigate a location, you know, I, I've seen this argument a lot with people um, you have one side that says, oh, it's okay to pay to investigate, and then you have another who says, you shouldn't have to pay to investigate, you're offering a service. Just, I don't know how I feel about it, but I would never pay to investigate a location. I did it one time, and that was at the Battleship North Carolina, and it was a total bust. You know, I, I came out of there with nothing but sore muscles and the smell of the battleship on my body for days despite showering um that's not saying there isn't anything there um i just didn't see anything uh that wasn't a result of other investigators but uh with that being said uh a guy hit me up today and he sent me this picture of this old looking house you know historic most likely at least 100 years old and uh, he said, man, have you ever investigated this place? It's it's someplace in North Carolina. And uh, I told him no. And he goes, man, you really need to get in there. And I asked him why. And he, and he said, man, just look at it. You can't tell that place is haunted. Now, that's my question for you. And that's kind of the topic I'm going to run with here. Um, my Shadow Walker radio show really is just off the cuff and, and what I'm thinking on a daily basis. So... Um, it's it's like an online diary or journal, so to speak. I probably already said that, but it doesn't matter. And he, you know, he says, you know, it just looks like it's haunted. Now, let me ask you guys, do you feel that way? Like, when you drive past a location and you see this old, rustic, antique of a building or, or home or, or whatnot, and you just get the heebie-jeebies or you think, oh, I'd like to get in there, you know... I'm going to answer that question multiple ways. Most locations like that, yes, I would love to get into, but it has nothing to do with the paranormal. I just like old buildings. I like taking, uh, I like photography, and I like filming a lot, and, and, you know, they're like movie sets to me. You know, you find these old buildings that are authentic and real, and it's, it's not some soundstage somewhere. I just like being involved in history. Um... But I don't look at a location the way I'm talking here, so to speak. Um, you know, people that look at a location and say that place is haunted, the only reason they are saying that is because it looks 
scary. It looks haunted. It's that stereotypical haunted house look. And that's okay, I guess, you know, but it's a misconception, you know, and, and it's there's a lot of fault to be had there because television does it, film does it, books do it. You know, it's a stereotype. It's profiling a building, so to speak. Uh, that doesn't mean it's haunted just because it's old. And, and that's something that is also a misconception with a lot of people. I've, I've investigated apartment complexes, modern-day apartment complexes, modern-day hotels, you know, just modern-day buildings in general that had paranormal activity. They weren't old. They weren't antiques. They weren't historic. They were just a few years old, and they had paranormal activity. So sometimes, yes, maybe the building does have something to do with it or something that happened on the property, but there's so many directions we could go with this. Um, sometimes it's the people. You know, there, there's uh, spiritual attachment involved, whether it be to them personally or some kind of object. Um, or maybe they moved into this brand new house and something tragic happened and all of a sudden it's haunted by definition. You know, it doesn't have to be uh, a scary looking house to be haunted, you know, but that's what people like. They like that thrill and especially when it comes to the entertainment medium, it's got to look haunted, man. It can't, it can't look like some uh, beach house in California, you know, it's it's got to be scary and which leads me to you know I, i've done locations based on that but not because that's how i felt i i've done it because i was asked you know i was hired so to speak to investigate it and, and one location that comes in mind or comes in mind yeah that comes to mind um is a museum in kenansville uh north carolina a little small podunk town you blink you miss it it's old blood there, old mentality, um, if you get what I'm saying. But they, they had this cute little museum there uh, called Liberty Hall. And uh, it's basically the original farmhouse plantation um, of the Keenan family, you know, the, the people who founded Keenansville. And uh, I knew the lady, the curator there, for years and years and years. Met her through uh, a mutual friend who, ironically, I was investigating their location. And uh, she was after me for years to investigate that place. And basically, her her reasoning was because of a child. Uh, this location, they get a lot of field trips, uh, you know, from elementary schools and, and high schools, stuff like that, Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts. And uh, an elementary school came through for a tour of this house. And the house is nothing more than the Keenan house. When you think of museum, you know, you're thinking dinosaurs and stuff like that. No, it's just basically how the how they feel the house looked when the Keenans operated it um, as a uh, small plantation. Uh, so it's you're just walking through an old house that looks like somebody still lives there, basically. Well, a group of kids were approaching the house, and this little boy started freaking out. He said he saw a woman looking out the window from uh, the second floor. And there were a lot of jokes. It was the ghost, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, when the teachers went in, when the curator did the tour, there was nobody there. Now, in retrospect, there is a mannequin uh, on the second floor that's wearing the dress of uh, Mrs. Keenan, the wedding dress. 
you know, when I was first told the story, I thought, okay, it, the kid just looked up and, and saw this mannequin wearing this dress, and of course it looks creepy. All mannequins look creepy. Um, especially wearing a vintage wedding dress. You know, something a kid doesn't really understand. They see it, and they just see this all-white flowing gown on a figure of a human being. But the mannequin was not near the window. Last time I was there, it is now, or it was. Uh, they move it frequently. They clean the rooms, and they move things around to kind of make it look new, you know, stuff like that. But um, at the time, the mannequin was not near the window. So I ruled that out completely. She kept at me, the curator kept at me, kept at me. You just check it out. Just let me know. You know, just ease my mind that there's nothing in there. And I, finally I said, okay, so I, I want to say it was 2009 or 2010, maybe even 2011. Uh, I put a group together of um, researchers that I worked with uh, frequently at the time. And uh, we investigated the location, and we had to keep it low-key. We didn't, and of course the Liberty Hall people, uh, the council didn't want um, a lot of uh, attention. They, they didn't want a lot of attention drawn to the place as far as that's concerned. Um, in their mind, they felt that saying the place was haunted or even letting the public know that um, they were bringing in professionals to evaluate the location they just didn't want that you know image i guess they they viewed it as something negative uh where you know i could go on and on about that too you know locations that i've investigated that happen to be businesses the ghost actually uh <laughs> up their profits you know a lot of people embrace it now it's a lot different than it than it was 20 years ago it's it's a lot less taboo but they didn't want the attention so we kept it low-key we didn't wear you know, any identifying clothing, we just walked in with cameras and our meters and stuff in pockets, and we just looked like we were a group taking a tour, basically. And uh, we found nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, there was, you know, some off-the-wall electromagnetic fields, but, you know, we're talking about old, old wiring. This building is old, so there, there was nothing supernatural. So a year went by, and once again the curator uh, reached out to me again, and she said that her housekeeper, the the woman that basically cleans the place on a daily basis, um, heard voices in there. So she asked me if I would make the drive. It was two and a half hours uh, for me at the time to check it out by myself. So I did. I, I spent a couple nights in Liberty Hall. The only thing I actually experienced was a door closing on its own, but again, the building is so old if you step in the right low you know if you step in the right spot you know you can feel things shift and you know I had taken a step towards the door and all of a sudden it closes um I made that happen i i I wouldn't say it was a ghost by any means, so I told her again there you know i I'm not seeing anything you know I'm not feeling anything i'm not getting any reads that would lead to that belief um so anyways long story short when it came to liberty hall uh, a few years after that uh, i want to say it was 2013 um she asked me to curate 
curate? Is that even how you say that? Um, she asked me to be one of the curators there. I had moved uh, close by. I had actually moved into a location I had been researching for two and a half years, and I wanted to live on the property to basically live their haunt and write about it, which I did. I wrote about it in uh, my latest book, Dark Spirits. I moved into the Squires Inn, which was just a hop, skip, and a jump down the street from Liberty Hall. And uh, she asked me if I would be interested in being one of the curators there. And I thought, hey, you know what? Why not? This gives me an opportunity to be the client, just like I, I was at the Squires Inn, and live the place. So I, I was living in a proven haunted location at the Country Squire Inn, and then working at a location they believed to be haunted at Liberty Hall. So I worked there five days a week, six days a week, and again, I experienced nothing. You know, there there were um, old music boxes and stuff like that in the uh, museum that would occasionally, you know play a few notes if you stomped just right or, yeah, again, caused a vibration. Again, everything that happened in this old building um, happened because a human being set it in motion. Um, so one last-ditch effort uh, before I left that location, uh, I took uh, another investigator in there just to say, okay, this will be like the seventh time. Let's see if we can rule this out or not. Um, she had never been in there before, so... It was all new to her, and we spent the night, and nothing happened again. So that that was my long-winded prime example of somebody looking at a place and thinking just because it's old, it has to be haunted, just because a kid thought they saw something in the window, and you know they may have, but I didn't see anything. So I left there, you know, leaving the client comfortable because she didn't want a ghost, good or bad. She just didn't want to deal with it. And uh, the actual owner of the property, uh, he just don't even want to talk about it. So there's the question for today for you guys. Do you find yourself belonging to that stereotype? Do you look at locations and say, oh, I got to get in there, that's got to be haunted, just because it looks like it is? You know, that's profiling if you think about it. That's no different than looking at a human being who who has long hair and wearing a Metallica shirt and, and, you know, oh, they must be on drugs. You know, it's no different. You look at an old historic building and say, oh, that must be haunted. Yeah, based on what? Just how it looks? So think about that, guys. Let me know your thoughts. But... There is a flip side to this. There is the devil's advocate. There are locations that have proven to be. And, you know, it's no big secret. Historic locations and uh, locations that have dismal, tragic history often tend to have supernatural activity, spiritual activity. Um, so, I, you know, it's it's kind of a... I can see why people think that, but at the same time, I've investigated a lot of places in 20 years, and more than half of them were modern-day structures you know, fairly new or within 10 years of uh, being erected. And uh, they had paranormal activity. So it's not always a general rule to look at a place and think it is haunted because it looks like it is or the house has eyes, you know, like Amityville. You know, they, they shoot that house at such an angle it looks like it's looking at you when you actually, 
look at just a, an average picture of the place, it doesn't look menacing at all. You know, it's all in the camera angles and the lighting. Uh, of course, Amityville, it, that's another story altogether, and uh, I'll probably talk about that on one episode. Um, like I said, guys, I'm bringing Shadow Walker Radio back basically just as a uh, a platform for me uh, Monday through Friday on a daily basis just to ramble the ramblings of author and paranormal investigator Stephen Lancaster for 30 minutes. Um, and just to, to address your questions and let people know what I've been up to and you know, I, I, I've kind of went into this mode where I, I've grown a lot as a paranormal investigator, and I used to um, make public just about everything I did. And and I don't mean by, you know, saying, this is where I'm at, and this is a client, and blah, you know, if it was confidential, it was confidential. But, I, you know, it became like a, a daily thing. People were expecting... Oh, okay, what's Lancaster doing today or this weekend? Where's he traveling to? You know, what's he investigating? I kind of backed off of that um, and just let my books tell the stories. And uh, if you haven't read any of my books, uh, please do. If, if you're a paranormal investigator or, or you're just interested in the field um, in general, um, there's a handful of books out there. My first one, uh, Paranormal Investigator, True Accounts of the Paranormal or True Case Files, of a paranormal investigator, uh, chronicles 10 years worth of research of locations that I found to be productive, uh, that, that I've found to be my holy grails, so to speak. And, you know, I followed that up with a book called Dark Spirits, with which, um, you know, chronicled the cases that were less benign and more violent, and, and some of them were downright scary. Uh, the last book I've completed, um, the publisher has the manuscript, it's called Norman, the doll that had to be locked away, and it's uh, my first uh, voicing of opinion and experience on dealing with a haunted object, and uh, it's an interesting book, and they have high hopes for it. I, I'm actually still sitting here shocked that I even wrote it, because I never subscribed to haunted objects so much, because the idea was so commercialized. Uh, you know, you had John Zaffis doing a show about his museum. You had the Warrens in their museum. And, you know, it just, it just seemed too commercialized to me to say, oh, this item is, is haunted, and here's how much you can have it for. Uh, here, give me $20,000, and you can have this haunted doll. You know, I just kind of avoided that situation. But then I experienced it on my own. And initially, my experiences with Norman the Doll... Uh, were to be chronicled just in a ch as a chapter in my next book. My books chronicle my investigations. So the book, Norman was just a chapter among other stories, among other investigations. But the publisher read Norman and loved it. And it was just right place, right time, perfect timing, however you want to call it. And they said they want... A book on Norman. They want the story of this doll, so I had to dig deeper, and I found out some really eye-opening things, and I whipped this book up so fast, I think in less than 30 days. It was, Most of my books have taken three to four years because they chronicle my investigations, like I said, so I have to wait until a location produces before I can even begin to consider uh, writing about it. 
but Norman, it just all fell into place. The story was there. The backstory, my story uh, of involvement with the doll, my family's story. And in 30 days, I had this book done, and I, I, I got it to the publisher, and they were just blown away. And uh, I am incredibly humbled by that because I've never tackled anything like this before. But it doesn't come out until April. So in the time being, if you guys want to check out my first book, Paranormal Investigator, and my second book, Dark Spirits, please do. And, and hit me up with questions. Let me know what you thought. And uh, I would love to hear your stories and things that you often discuss or, or toss around in your brain. Um, I, lo I love talking about this stuff. You know, it's so uh, open-ended. It's never-ending. There's always something paranormal going on, and there's people like us who choose to look at it, and then there's people that aren't like us who choose to turn the other cheek. So, with that being said, guys, uh, thanks for checking out this first episode back um, of Shadow Walker Radio. Again, this is just my online uh, audible journal of just ramblings and talk about the paranormal. I'll go off in every direction I can. That's just how I am. Uh, this is as close to Stephen Lancaster as you're ever going to get as far as personality because that's who I am. I just sit and I talk and, you know, I, I discuss things with people and one minute we're talking about A, the next minute we're talking about Z and um, it, it's always good to keep your mind open and listen to other people and, and listen to their views and hear their experiences, because this is all one big puzzle we're, we're trying to put together. We're, we're trying to bake the cake, and we need all the ingredients, and not every one of us has all the ingredients. We need other people to bring those ingredients to the table. But with that being said, again, you guys can hit me up at facebook.com slash author Stephen Lancaster, and you can hit me up at Twitter at twitter.com slash Wraith right and that's wraith with w and a right with w wraith is in spirit you know not the 1980s movie with charlie sheen don't confuse that please don't um but with that being said guys i'm gonna wrap it up here and let, let you have at this first episode like i said it's all off the cuff it's not pre-scripted it's just me hitting the button and letting my mouth go for 30 minutes so give me some fuel, give me something to burn. I'm going to be doing this every day, and uh, I look forward to hearing from you guys. So with that being said, keep it real, keep investigating, keep your mind open, and keep working towards credible evidence, people. Please keep working towards credible evidence. You know, there's a difference between a ghost hunter and a paranormal researcher, and you need to decide which one you are. Uh, the ghost hunter is the weekend warrior, the person who, who mimics what they see on television. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's play by play. They they are, it's like back when I was a kid and I was idolizing guitar players, you know, like Eddie Van Halen. Oh, I wanted to be Eddie Van Halen. You have so many people out there who are self-proclaimed uh, paranormal investigators, and all they are are ghost hunters um, pretending to be paranormal investigators a paranormal researcher offers up theory and offers up uh, credible evidence again you know i have seen so much stuff out there that just makes us all look a fool you know this is a field where 90 percent of the people in it are actually doing more harm than good 
And people may take that comment as as negative or a dig, but it's not. It's just the truth. You know, you can't have a good baseball team with people who can't catch. You know. But anyways, guys, thanks again for tuning in. You see, I, I, I just start to ramble. I just gotta start going off in different directions. But hey, guys, I am out of time. So I'll see you tomorrow on Thursday when I give you your daily dose of rambling. Take care, my friends.